Welcome to the Beastified Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. This is a show dedicated to inspiring you to treat your body and mind the way it should be treated. Each week we delve deep with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking, out-of-the-box minds in health, consciousness, mindset and spirituality. Our intention is to fuse and unlock the conscious warrior within and shift the balance in the current paradigm. Deep and often intense, these conversations are released every Wednesday and are designed to inspire, educate, motivate and encourage you to discover, uncover, unlock and unleash your potential. In this episode of the Beastify podcast, we're joined by Sean Stevenson. He is an absolute fountain of knowledge about everything from eating right to moving your body, mindset, sleep and much more. Sean believes that there is a greater version of us that can be accessed through the right nutrition, exercise, the right mindset in order to become this incredible, strong, happy and healthy version of yourself. But he says first we have to identify why you need to become it. We all have goals, passions, aspirations that are slowly dying because... We are not taking action on them. No matter where you are right now in your life, things can be be improved and will if you take a new action now. You've probably heard the saying, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. It's a simple principle about life that if you want something new, then it requires a new action. If you break the old pattern and you're going to instantly change your life. Now, it's not just the action that gets you there. The action is actually the end result. Of something far more powerful and the action comes from who you are the mindset you carry and who you believe yourself to be so in this episode you'll learn how to instantly shift your mindset and master the art of living i can't even begin to tell you how powerful this episode is so hopefully you'll enjoy it hey there, sean hey what's going on yeah good how are you i'm doing great thank you your accents are dope <laughs> everyone says that well, this kind it's probably kind of weird, isn't it? Like, I shouldn't even be saying this. Really, I have the accent to you guys, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All good, man. Great. How, how's your day been today, Sean? Okay? Yeah, everything is going great today. Um, just some really remarkable things. You know, my, my book pre-order thing just started, and somebody just bought 500 books. Wow. Just, that was me. Yeah, that was I know. Me. Like, <laughs> it was crazy, man. You know, so just cool stuff like that, and just, you know, doing a few interviews with some fun people. So, yeah, man, it's been great. Well, Sean, I'd just like to say it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. And your information on health, fitness, and nutrition has had such an impact on so many people. And I would love to continue that deal with ourselves and really impact more people's lives. Man, that means a lot. Thank you so much for sharing that, man. And um, just anything I could do to, to deliver some value today, I'm up for it. Yeah, brilliant, Sean. I think for someone creating and understanding your perfect mindset, it's crucial for developing mental fortitude and overcoming fears and ego, which in turn enhances every aspect of their lives positively. So let's start this off, Sean. What does a mindset shift in terms of health and life mean to you? Mm. Well, the reality is everything starts from your inner game. You know, all these external activities that we do, Uh, be it to exercise, be it to be in a certain relationship, to get around certain people, to to procure the right food, whatever the case may be in regards to health, it all starts from what's going on in our inner regions, you know, and I think that the development of of character and be, you know, the foundational thing for me really starts with becoming aware that you are aware, you know, for much of my life. And it's so interesting, like my son is in high school, he's a freshman in high school and he's in the same high school that I went to, you know, and we actually just moved back out here um, to this really amazing place in in the heartland. You know, we live in Missouri and yeah. it's the number one school in the state, all that good stuff. But the bottom line is it's just very strange when I'm walking through those same steps, walking on the football field that I played on. And I realized, like, I was not there yeah. for any of that. I was not awake. I wasn't present. You know, and so it really starts there is that foundational thing of realizing that you are conscious, you know, and that your thoughts that you have going on in your head, there's something listening to those thoughts, you know, and that something is really who you are, you know, that kind of still, quiet, 
quietness, that presence. And you start to realize that I'm not my thoughts. You know, I have these thoughts. And once you do that, you start to become very powerful in mastering your thoughts versus them controlling your life. You know, and once you can do that, you start to impress and imprint on your kind of mental movie screen what you want to see, you know, and what you want to do. And that becomes the catalyst for real change versus, you know, somebody just toiling away like, I know I'm supposed to work out. I'm going to work out every day and just keep hitting these walls because they didn't make that inner shift in the first place. Yeah, I like that. I liked your little story there as well. I think for me as well, I think everyone comes from different places and different directions in life. And I think many people create their own like initial drive and dedication as well in a way to create their own perfect mindset. But for me, when I first started my journey, it was when I first started training my body and mind mentally and physically. But initially for me, it was a lot down to how, how I was like physically working on my body. Mm. But I was wondering as well, like what was the start of your journey like in terms of the mind, sh- mind shift? Because I've got a feeling like you're quite similar to me in terms of like moving your body mentally and physically. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's it's so powerful because it can go both ways. You know, the the waking up process, you know, so for me, it was definitely through food, you know, and it's so powerful because in in, like this is reality when I'm about to state what you put in your body via the food that you put in your mouth is the most intimate experience that you have as a human being. You know, you're taking something from outside of yourself and putting it inside of your, you know, your body, your holy temple, whatever you want to call it. You're taking mm-hmm. something from outside of yourself and putting it inside of yourself, which be- then becomes a part of you. You know, that's powerful. And once you realize the power that that all holds and that you literally food isn't just food, it's information. You know, well. food isn't just food, it's information. So you start to ask questions: what kind of information is this? Twinkie gonna bring into my body, you know, or what kind of information are these fresh berries or this grass fed meat or whatever the case may be, and understanding like I'm programming my tissues, I'm programming my cells, you know, and even what again, what's going on with your brain and the sidebar with, with your mind as well. I found that it becomes incredibly easier to think and do the things that empower you once you feel good, once you get that better information inside of your cells, you know, um, and just to think also on the other side of that, what humanity is, what's possible for humanity, because we're building like spaceships and people are eating out of vending machines. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So just think about what they could do if they were on high quality stuff that provides the optimal information for changing their inner environment and thus their outer environment. So definitely for me, for me, food was a gateway, you know, it was a gateway drug in a way. But if I look at it more like Limitless, you know, that movie Limitless, uh, yeah. where it's kind of, is giving you that, that advantage versus some kind of strange disadvantage and addiction to something that ultimately brings you down. Mm. It's like, in my opinion, like moving the body and eating the right foods is the ultimate essential. Like it's our DNA. It's like what we've evolved from, and even though we don't like to think it, we're still an animal, and we're like, but we are the next stage of animals, but we still require like some animalistic needs, like proper nutritional food and movement. They're definitely one of them, and I think when we start moving our body and really do get a feel for how our body works on a physical level, that starts to create like a real direction and purpose within us, and Sean, I was just wondering, what's your opinion on exercise creating your direction and purpose? Mm. Wow, these are some good questions, guys. All right. Um, we, we did come prepared. Oh, yeah, I see, I see. So when it comes to movement, um, this, this term that's in my mind immediately is that life is movement, you know. And if we look at the structure of, of nature itself, you know, everything is constantly in flux and everything is constantly moving. Everything is constantly, even if you, even if you call yourself being sedentary, you know, and somebody's just like planted on their couch like they've become a part of the furniture themselves all of the cells in their body are still trying to work they're all rotating the atoms are spinning around the rate of that spin and the the health of that spin is not that's up for debate but it's still happening everything is movement and what's going on there is like you're either moving towards life like going with life and because life is progressive You know, and the reality is, though, you cannot stay in the same place. You can't stay the same. Everything is changing and moving forward. So either you get in alignment with that flow 
or in some ways it, it's essentially you're going backwards, like you're falling off very quickly. So mm-hmm. with that moniker that life is movement for me being like a thrust in in how I live and, and the approach that I have in, in my life, um, I think it's important that we we also have this very visceral experience as well, because few things can bring you to the present as being engaged physically, you know, in something, in some in, in something intense, especially, you know, like when I'm deadlifting, you know, just the other day I was doing, um, you know, I was just I was doing like 315 for reps, like I was doing yeah. a bunch of reps. When I'm doing that, I'm not thinking about anything else except lifting that heavy weight, you know. So if I'm moving up towards 400, especially then, yeah, I'm going to be paying very close attention and being present in my body and doing the activity. You know, I'm not going to be thinking about, you know what? Oh, yeah, you know, I'm trying to lift this heavy weight off the ground. You know what? I got to yeah. make sure I take those those shoes back to the store or whatever. You know, like I'm focused. I'm there in the moment. And very much so, the, I think probably the most viable way of kind of making this all tie together is doing high intensity um sprinting you know like really running full out like kids man this is why they're so they're so imaginative they're so tapped in is that they they don't even walk like have you ever seen a kid walk like they you yeah. barely ever see it like my son i have a four-year-old son and i'm like you know uh brayden go get you know go get that um your jacket from the room he doesn't mm-hmm. walk. He runs. You know, like you can't stop <laughs> yeah. him. You know, and he's just living full yeah. out. And so that's that's really what it's really about for me is tapping into that visceral experience and understanding that life itself is movement and getting in alignment with that. Yeah, I completely agree, Sean. I think as well, like physically pushing our bodies, it certainly taps into something bigger, like within our DNA. I think as well, and I think it's completely the right starting point as well to exp- ex- like excel our mind to that next level. But something I've been doing a lot lately as well in terms of um, treating my body is I've been like revisiting revisiting the fundamentals and I've been doing like a lot of um, body weight stuff as well. Mm. But I think as well, sometimes like a lot of people actually don't realize that we get to choose everything we do, even if they don't realize it. I think we get to control what we eat, how we eat, the source of our food and where it comes from. And I think it becomes a lifestyle and I think everyone understands it, but people don't understand the application until they apply it. Oh man, I mean, you said it perfectly. This is this is something that's wow. I mean, it's kind of fundamentally skewed in our culture because we've really been we've really been marketed to that we're victims and we don't even know it. You know, mm-hmm. we've really been inundated with this idea that we're a victim to our circumstances and our environment. Mm-hmm. And one thing is true, you know, we are definitely products of our environment. But as humans, we're also creators of our environment, you know, and we can consciously do that to a grand scale. Like, again, I mentioned spaceships, like we can literally go and hang out on another planet, you know, Um, not saying that the moon landing was real, you know, no conspiracy theories here. But, you know, but real talk is there's there's so much that we can do and create, you know, like I'm looking at my backyard and there's, you know, birds jumping around. And so they they have their own thing. They can build some nests or whatever. But we have this capacity to create our environment to such a, a grand degree that we make behaviors automatic. So my point is that most people, their behavior seems to be unchosen because it's been created around them that it's just automatic. Like there's only fast food on my street. So that's what I eat. You know, that's the access. That's what I think is real food. You know, there was a time in my life where I didn't even know there was a difference. It's just yes. if I can eat it, it's food, you know. And mm-hmm. then become more aware that, wow, there's a huge um, contrast in what food can be, you know. Mm-hmm. And once we really kind of take ownership of the fact that we are responsible, and this is the thing, again, it's becoming aware that you're aware, you know. Mm-hmm. You, and, and the other side of that, like, you don't know what you don't know. So once you become aware, like, wow, there is this huge contrast in food, now it's your responsibility. Before that, in your sleepwalking, it's almost not your fault. You know, it's like it's how the environment nurtured you in a way. But once you become aware, then it is 120 percent your responsibility. And I think that's where the conversation really lays is the fact that you have to be willing to take complete 120 percent responsible responsibility for your life. 
you know, yeah. and stop passing it off on other people to be the way you want them to be. You want to get the fast food uh, restaurants mm-hmm. off of your street and stop poisoning the community and blah, blah, you know, all this stuff. It's mm-hmm. very idealistic and it has a great foundational premise, but the application is irrelevant to you. You have responsibility for you. And the fastest way to change the environment around you is to change yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think as well, when people start reply it, that's when people start making better choices. Like they say, I'm not going to McDonald's. I'm not going to get that quick processed meal, like you said before. I think that's when people start really, like, realize they start preparing their own food, thinking about where the foods are coming from, and they start looking for local farmers markets as well. And, that, and it, then, then it becomes empowering. Mm-hmm. But I think as well, it's actually... I think it's well it's actually cheaper to eat healthy as well. Like I always get people saying to me all the time, I get this all the time, people saying it's too expensive to eat healthier. Mm. And I think but that, that's when you realize that they haven't really tried eating healthy because if they did really did, like try it and give it give it the all in terms of eating healthy, that's when they would realize how cheap healthy vegetables are in terms of just going to for like the subway for a quick meal. Mm. And I think the, the process as well of eating healthy is a key part of the process to waking up and shifting our mindset. And I mean, I totally agree. I totally 120 percent agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, when it comes to this conversation about it's really it's, it's this boils down to economies of scale. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things that I learned about in college that had no application to my life until, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got out of college and start to look at stuff from a more tangible perspective. And, you know, there's this whole saying going around that you vote with your dollar. Um, that that's true to a large degree, but in in some ways it's not true, you know, because there's an agenda, you know, there's an agenda for organizations, regardless. Um, yeah. But when it, when it really boils down to it, everything, <laughs> just the idea of something makes it possible, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when you go walking around with the intention that healthy food is expensive, well, guess what? That's all you're gonna see. You yeah, know? definitely. But when you have the attitude that, you know, eating healthy is not just as inexpensive as eating garbage, um, but it actually can be cheaper, you start to have a different perspective and you're looking for different things. And your brain is built like this. You know, this isn't a metaphysical thing I'm saying. You know, you have mm-hmm. the uh, reticular cortex, uh, which is always kind of seeking and scanning for things that are top of mind for you. Um these, you know, that and other parts of the brain are always seeking to affirm what you most hold in the front of your mind. You know, yeah. so, for example, I mean, instead of having that story, maybe you could start foraging, you know, like going to, yeah. you know, a local park or whatever. Or, you know, depending if you live in the city, um, I've seen people literally foraging in the city, like walking down the city street and finding like fruits and nuts and things like that that you would never like the average person would never even pick up that you can even eat that stuff or then the the csa's and the um uh the the farmers markets and all those type of things there's so many different ways to cut the cost of getting your food and plus but a lot of times though it requires you to get out of your sameness you know it's actually get closer to where your food comes from which is ultimately is a very healing experience and for a lot of us, it's probably the start of a, a whole new life because it becomes the goal and it leads to a whole new set of goals in and of itself. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, oh. it does. I just said it down. Wow. <laughs> in like a moment. And like Sean, like I think as well, though, like as soon as you start becoming healthier with who you are, like stronger within and physically, like you form this identity and it doesn't matter how much the foods cost or where it comes from. This identity gives you the pathways in life that you're seeking. And you start thinking, well, if I can do this, then what else can I accomplish in life? You get this whole sense of accomplishment, and then it becomes the identity. Mm. I'd just like to say as well, Sean, that one thing a lot of people miss, and a trait that a lot of people do, is to keep looking forward. Whereas I think, I think they would see so much better results if they just go back and analyse how important do you think it is to analyze who you are and where you are right now? Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, man, I'm very big on learning from other people's mistakes, you know, uh-huh. um, and of, of course, learning from my mistakes as well. Um, that's something I think it's a skill you develop. And mm-hmm. so 
every time that something doesn't go according to plan, I always ask, like, what is the lesson? What is it? What is it that I need to learn from this? You know, so I quickly reassess things and assimilate the process and it changes me. You know, like my brain is literally wired up differently, you know, so that a failure isn't really. And this is, you know, this is one of those positive quotes out there that, you know, like a failure isn't really a failure until you make an excuse. Yeah. Or, you know, a failure is just uh, discovering one way that doesn't work. You know, there's so many different um, sayings out there. But really, I mean, whenever something doesn't work out, like it's an opportunity for you to learn from that. Instead of looking forward to the next thing I can screw up on, like, let's figure out what happened right here, you know, with this recent thing very quickly and catch the lesson and just change your approach. And I think that starts to breed an important quality, which is flexibility, you know, and that, uh, that <laughs> I was going to say that ability to flex, which, you know, <laughs> somebody <laughs> flexing their biceps or whatever, but that, that ability to be flexible is really uh, paramount in somebody achieving a high level of success. Because when dealing with the world, when dealing with, with other people, like so many times people are not going to do the thing that you want them to do. You know, it's really, that's like punishment to yourself to ever even think that, you know, so it's about finding ways to be graceful in, in your approach and your communication and being flexible with other people and their agendas as well, you know? And so, um, just to kind of wrap up this point, I mean, I think it's really important that we are constantly self-analyzing but with 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 respect to ourselves you know not nitpicking and looking at all the things you did wrong but just asking you know what is it that I need to learn from this situation you know or what is this what is this challenge trying to teach me you know and I think that that's going to start to open doors for you that are absolutely huge for you to walk through and to get to success a lot faster yeah, I completely agree. I loved how you said like change the approach, like change your approach and start like self-analyzing. I think that's so empowering, and I think more people just really do need to start doing that as well. But um, Sean, something I would like to touch on as well is like, do you believe that we should all like have goals in our development? Goals. Yeah. Huh. Wow. I think no. I mean, being a human, goals are fundamentally important to our to to our survival. You know, mm. like. This is a part of who we are is and I think life itself is always again, it's moving forward, you know, and um, mastering one level of living and then moving to the next. You know, again, life is always moving forward and wanting to express more of itself, yeah. you know, so you having your eyes on the prize of something, you know, that you can move towards is one of those psychological triggers that helps people to take action in their life, you know. Um, one of the kind of uh, underlying issues with conditions like d depression, for example, is this lack of meaning, you know, this lack of drive and, and purpose. And this, uh, you know, and I've broken down on my show, you know, we did uh, a show dedicated to uh, natural solutions for depression. There are many other components to this. And I beyond um, have compassion for the for the situation as I've seen it in my own life and people that I care about, but it the the whole term of depression has been given such a blanket that it's really skewed. It's really it doesn't it's it's just it's kind of it doesn't mean anything anymore. You know we just lump all this stuff under one category. You know somebody broke up with their boyfriend and somebody who um, failed on a test. You know like everybody's depressed. This is a different thing people are dealing with, you know, mm -hmm. it could be, you know, the big thing in the media is, oh, it's a chemical imbalance. Really? Did you get any <laughs> blood work done? You know, did you have a hormone panel done? Did you actually do a brain scan and have a look? No, it's just it, they told me about it, you know, I asked them some questions and they fell into the category, you know. <laughs> and so it's really just, man, I mean, this whole situation that we're dealing with today, um, you have to be very cognizant of the marketing and the things that are thrown our way that can really get us off track. But, um, man, I mean, there's so many pieces to this. I don't even know really where to start, man. I mean, that's a, mm. that's a, that's a really big question. Yeah, it is. It's like a podcast in itself, really. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a big question. Uh, here's something a bit more in your 
field of field of expertise, Sean, and that's sleep. And I'd love to understand the the value of sleep in building a perfect mindset. Wow. Okay, man. Let me get a. I'm gonna take a swig of the the water real quick. Ready for the home run? Ready for the home run? All right. So, <laughs> wow. I mean, there's so many different components. Like, I, I began to deeply research and experiment with sleep, um, and sleep all components of sleep health and sleep sleep quality about uh, half a decade ago. So, um, prior to that, I was doing a lot of things right on accident. Um, but when I seen it in my clinic that you know, some people were struggling to get the results that other people were getting. You know, um, we at that time, we were probably around 75, 80 percent successful reversal rate of type 2 diabetes uh, in my clinic and maybe 82 percent for high blood pressure, hypertension. Uh, so helping people to get off their, you know, the centipril's and statins and things like that. But this was something that was kind of like a thorn in my side. Like, why would the majority of people just crush it. And then we got people who are doing pretty much the same thing, but more catered. Like my work is really catered to the individual catered mm -hmm. to them. What's going on. And after deeper introspection, I started to find out, Hey, wow, they've got some serious issues with their sleep quality. And once, once we would get the sleep together, it's like the floodgates would open and all the results that they weren't getting just happened so quickly. And it's just like, Whoa, there's something here. And so yeah. as far as the mindset, wow. I mean, Literally, so your your mindset is, is more than just your brain. Like, this is your whole being, your whole spirit. But a large portion of that is governed by this, uh, I guess, ultimate governing force, which is your brain. And just with sleep itself, so probably the opposite of being present and focused and conscious of yourself is losing yourself. That's the opposite, which uh, one of those diseases that's a hallmark of that is Alzheimer's. You know, you begin to lose yourself. You begin to lose your your awareness of people around you and in situations and your in your your short term memory. You know, and what they've discovered is that. And so, right now, in in in, um, in the, the world of health, is being called type three diabetes sometimes. Um, yeah. But one of the foundational things just discovered is that Alzheimer's, quite possibly the number one cause of this is poor sleep because it's during sleep that your glymphatic system, which is kind of a, a detoxification system, which your brain is doing like literally millions and millions and millions and like billions of processes every second. All right. And there are the, all these metabolic waste products, you know, new cells are getting uh, developed, old cells are dying off, but your, your brain has to be able to eliminate those things. And there's a blood brain barrier. So it can't be through your lymphatic yeah. system. So the glial cells in your brain actually are, are responsible for this. And this is um, why it's called the glymphatic system, the glial cells and lymphatic. And so during sleep, your glymphatic system, this detoxification channel to get rid of the, the metabolic waste out of your brain is 10 times more active when you're sleeping. Wow. Right. And so with Alzheimer's, what's been found is it's an inability to remove those metabolic wastes and they just build up in the brain tissue. And basically causes crowding and stuff starts to shut down. All right. So and then plus when you're sleeping, your brain cells can actually shrink about 60 percent again to make room for uh, elimination and thus more development. All right. So even the conversation about being able to control your mind and to um, to think positive thoughts or whatever, you know, people might say, yeah, it's radically reduced when your brain is unhealthy and your brain is not working, you know, yeah, and so this is one of the foundational components with sleep. And then we move into looking at performance and we look at um, being able to focus and being able to uh, be productive. You know, all of these things are components that we commonly think of in regards to our brain function. You know, and there's a really great study that I, I like to share with people. This was a study published in The Lancet, and this was done on physicians. And they had the physicians to complete a task. So they did this task. Sleep deprived them for just 24 hours, had them come back and do the same thing. And what happened was they made 20% more mistakes doing the same exact thing. Wow. And it took them 14% longer to do the same exact thing. All right. Same person, sleep deprived brain. Right. Yeah. So radically, what we're looking at here is a situation where you can do work, but you're not being effective. 
and you're going to have to fix mistakes. And guess what? That's going to take you even longer to possibly do the thing right yeah. versus if you would have just been well rested in the first place. Wow. That was powerful. And Sean, I was just wondering as well, like after all this like amazing sleep that we'll, that we'll get, um, it leads us into the morning, and which is also crucial. And me and Dan both have like morning routines made up of our own strengths, and it's been the most important part of our day. I was wondering, Sean, do you have a morning routine? But I was also wanting to ask you as well, like, um, does your morning routine as well play a part in your sleep pattern that that um, that next night? A great night of sleep starts the moment that you wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is. The morning routine is is of the utmost important for sure if you want to be productive and get great sleep too, you know. So one of the first things I do, and I mentioned earlier about this detoxification happening while you're asleep, that's just one piece. I mean, I could keep going. You guys know, like I could really dig in and talk about it, but just understand there's a lot of metabolic processes happening and your body needs to kind of um, displace all of the waste of making, bringing, basically healing you and bringing you back better. But you got to get this stuff out of your system. So when you wake up in the morning, you're radically dehydrated. So I start my day by drinking some high-quality water. Uh, I'll drink about, you know, 25 to 32 ounces, so about a liter-ish of, of high-quality water. And, of course, we could do a whole talk on water. Um, but <laughs> that's number one thing that I do. Um, I make sure to get some brain training slash meditation in, which it's been clinically shown that, and this is in Sleep Smarter as well, that – uh, doing meditation in the morning is actually clinically proven to help you sleep better at night. Again, piggyback on the fact that a great night of sleep starts the moment you wake up in the morning. Another thing that I do is I get some form of activity in, some movement, some exercise in, in the very first, you know, within an hour of waking up in the morning. And this is because Appalachian State University found that morning exercisers versus afternoon and evening uh, spend up to 75% more time in deep sleep than other people and wow. this is because it's helping to set your circadian rhythm because your your genes expect you because it's the way we evolved to do activity when you wake up in the morning you know we're not nocturnal creatures you yeah. know so our senses are attuned to work working during the daytime and it's also from an evolutionary perspective it's safer you know so it, these are those small things that are part of my my morning routine for sure and, um, yeah, that really sets the template for an exceptional day and also getting great sleep, as, as we talked about. Yeah. Wow. I think the importance of a morning routine is, like, completely critical, just like you said. And if applied regularly, it can be, like, a quick, great quick win at the beginning of the day it's to gain momentum for the rest of the day. And I think a consistent routine is crucial for success. And I think a key area to talk about is momentum and consistency. Like, this is so important, Sean. Like, how do you think we can create real consistency in our lives? Does discipline come into play? Mm. That word discipline is a tricky word um, because it has a negative connotation. Mm. You know, it's yeah. just like um, punishment. You know, you get disciplined or oh, I'm going to develop discipline when I go into the military. You know, mm-hmm. like it just sounds like, man, I'm going to have a hard time. Yeah. When the root of the word is really disciple, you know, and it's, what discipline can and really is, once you see it clearly, is it's the it's the discipline to be yourself. You know, it's becoming a disciple of you, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the best version of yourself and developing character traits and and, quote, disciplines to do the things that evolve you as a human being. And once you can start to see that clearly, like you can develop your own disciplines that make you feel good, you know, and if it's difficult, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes you got to pay to play, but a lot of things are actually really pleasurable and do so much good for you if you would just employ them, you know, or also couple that with employ them with a different mindset, you know, so for people out there that, you know, some people might absolutely just hate lifting weights, yeah, you know. And it's just like, well, don't do it. You know, let's maybe maybe just doing some fun body weight stuff might be the thing that just really clicks with you. Like, oh, I want to learn how to do a handstand. You know, I want to learn how to to do um, 
what else could they do? Um, even play as well, just play. Yeah, even playing. But you know, as far as the body weight is concerned, you know, maybe I want to be able to do like really high box jumps, you know, or or, yeah. or, or muscle ups or stuff that, cool like that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Versus lifting, throwing the iron around, you know. Uh, maybe that's your thing. Or of course you just said it. Or play, like you know, if they want to get into like some parkour or something, you know, or whatever yeah. the case may be. But there's so many options there. For other people, it might just be dance. It might be uh, playing games, playing a sport, you know. Um, and there are holistic ways to do all of this stuff to incorporate your whole body, you know. So it's really about tuning into what makes you feel good and giving yourself permission to be a disciple of yourself and to do those things versus all the excuses that will naturally come up as to why you can't do it, you know. So that's my mm-hmm. two cents on discipline. Yeah, completely agree, Sean. I think as well, something else I can think about is like when people are asleep and not on the same frequency, it affects your frequency and affects our mindset as well. And I think that's why like when you associate yourself with like good people who push you forward as an individual, and when you're like around champions and people who have powerful mindset, you notice that they're operating on a completely different level. Mm. But Sean as well, I know that you're somebody like who associates your time with like a lot of people who have like great minds in terms of like health and life as well. But I was wondering if like you've noticed anything in like champions or even people who are around you, like in your life, like what sort of like great, like do they have like a great frequency in terms of their mindset? Mm-hmm. Wow, um, it's interesting that word champion. I just after mm-hmm. we uh, finish up this incredible interview today, I'm um, talking with Dr. Jeff Spencer. Oh wow! Um, so you know he's he's starting a show, and I I think I like to think that I inspired him to do so, but uh, he invited <laughs> me on. Um, on for his show and so this guy has worked with uh over 40 either world champion olympic champion tour de france winners um national champion like you know gold medalist and you know over 40 and so it's just like he knows a thing or two about being a champion and and what his kind of um approach to things is something he calls a champion blueprint and absolutely i see this with jeff i see this with all like every person that I know that is doing something of significance in the world, absolutely, like they're operating on a different wavelength, you know. And oftentimes, I'll tell you, um, oftentimes they're very, ah, man, what is the word? Optimistic isn't a strong enough word because that yeah. that can be coupled with uh, being oblivious to uh, challenges and what is, you know. They're yeah. very they're very progressive. You know, they're very progressive and they 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 are they have an underlying passion, you know, to be more, to to do more, to express more, you know, and that's kind of what I've seen across the board is just that fundamental thing. And I think we all have it in us. It's like built into our our DNA is to, again, want to be more, but it can get suppressed just by like we've been talking about with the environment that we've unconsciously allowed ourselves to be. Um, inundated by. Yeah, mm. I think a lot of people don't realize that uh, your friends are your environment. Mm. And I think a beautiful quote by Jim Rohn said it best when he said, "You're the average of the five people you spend your most time with." And I don't think anybody's ever said it better. And I think. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say as well. Uh, a, a key area of the development of the perfect mindset is like the beginning of the perspective you get. Like when you find out your true values of who you are, like it all becomes clear. But I think that's why our perspective is so powerful in influence our thoughts and actions. Wow, man. Um, now we're talking about like this is the ultimate um, breakthrough for for any of us is to understand that our perspective is our reality. You know, yeah. and so if all of us, if if you you guys and myself, and then you know the other you know, whatever, 50,000 different people who are in the stadium for the Super Bowl. And I don't know what the number was, but we're all there together. But we're, we all have 50,000 different perspectives, you know, and that's colored by our life experiences. You know, it's colored by our, our health. It's colored by our mood at the time. It's, cutter, it's colored by um, our, our lack of sleep or... Yeah. Our, our high quality of sleep and, and energy and full, full access to our brain. 
Um, so understand, like, our perspective is our reality, and no two people have the same perspective. This is why developing that knowing, and I like to think that that's what compassion really is. You know, um, sympathy is like, sympathy is like, I feel bad for you. You know, empathy is like, I, I feel what you feel, right? I'm with you. I feel what you feel. Compassion is like, I understand how you feel. How can, how can I make this work? How can I, how can I make this better? How can I serve you? You know, and so developing that compassion that other people have a different perspective and start to attempt to put yourself in their shoes, what people say, you know, that, that term, put yourself in someone else's shoes. We literally can't do that. You know, that's impossible, but you can significantly connect. And what's been found is that, and I, this was either, this was either Harvard, no, it's Princeton research. And they found that when two people are talking in conversation and they have rapport, their brain waves literally sync up. Okay, you you sync up with the other person, so you start to have access to a deeper level of understanding. You know, if you have a willingness to just be there and be present, it's very powerful. But this also speaks to you. You, you need to be conscious of who you're around. You need to be yeah, conscious of who you're engaged in conversations with, because you're ultimately you're going to be influenced as well. We have no choice. You know, mm-hmm. but you, it's going to be the minority. If you take the the perspective, you know, if I could just kind of tongue in cheek say the same thing of I'm bringing it to it. Like I bring the energy to the situation. I bring the light to the situation. I bring the the optimism, the the focus. Yeah, I like that. You know, versus like, let's see what happens. Let's see what everybody else has got going on. Let's feel it out. I bring it to it, you know, and start if more people start to do that. Oh, my goodness. I mean, because, again, we are all influencing each other and we can lift so many other people up if we start to master our own perspective and understand that, like, hey, wow, I can literally shift my perspective. Because right now, in this in this moment, I can choose to see there's snow all over my backyard right now. And I could just choose to see, like, you know what? This is ridiculous. Like this seeing all this snow. It makes me want to like bicycle kick Jack Frost in his nuts, you know, (laughs) or I could be like, wow, this is so beautiful. This is this is the most amazing picture that I get to see. Like, look at the trees. Look at look at this amazing snow, this amazing process of nature. Or I can take on, you know, thousands of different other perspectives about it. Like, oh, yeah, it's playtime now. Let me go get the snowboard or whatever. You know, we get to choose that in every single moment at any time and that's where real mastery is at wow this like sean it's like everything what we attract like our values and our other influences is just the creation of our imagination maybe it's just like the law of attraction and i was just wondering does the law of attraction play a role in a key role in your life and your thought process sean man oh man i mean there's there are these fundamental laws of the body, you know, that if you break or go against those laws, you're going to get pain. You know, yeah. there's a law that, you know, basically if you consume, we'll just say um, arsenic, like straight arsenic, uh, you're, you're going to die. You know, chances are you're not going to make it, you know, <laughs> because your cells reject that 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 chemical, you know. Um, the the biochemistry doesn't resonate with the human cells. There are certain laws of the body that you need to follow or you're going to get pain. You need to move or your muscles will atrophy. And again, it's going to lead you closer to death. So outside of ourselves and within ourselves, we are all existing in this. I mean, you, you guys already know this. I mean, multiple. We're talking about millions yeah. and millions and millions of galaxies, guys. Like, it's absurd. Like. The stuff that we're creating with the movies today, you know, like the the mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy and going to these different places, yeah. there's probably some of that going. There's probably a, a raccoon that can talk out there somewhere. Yeah, you know? definitely. So that's <laughs> but here in our in our universe, we don't really even understand how our own stuff works yeah. and how disempowered we we make ourselves because the reality this is so real. We've all had these experiences where you think about somebody and then they call you or they text you. 
or you've been um, wanting to uh, get a certain car and then you start to see that car everywhere, you know? And so just, just yesterday, just yesterday, so we record at this really great studio um, for my show. And it's like the tallest building in this, in this particular area uh, of our city. And um, I went to a different studio in, in the building to look at where I'm going to shoot some videos uh, mm-hmm. for, for Sleep Smarter. And I was with the guy, and they, they filmed actually a, a TV show there as well. And we were looking at the schedule, when I can get in there, what's going to be best for my schedule and for his schedule. And there was this lady's name that I, I actually, we shared an office space together for a couple of years. And I haven't, and I haven't talked to him quite a, quite a long time. Just the day before yesterday, no, maybe, no, I'm sorry, it was maybe two days before yesterday, I was talking with a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Pedram Shojai, whose book just came out, The Urban Monk, uh, which highly recommend, awesome book. And he, yeah. he asked me about her because he knows that we live in the same city and he's done some some work with her before. And I was like, yeah, wow, I haven't really I haven't talked to her. And then so anyway, so yesterday after seeing that that her name was on the board, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And but that was for like two weeks from now. She was going to be there. And I go walking <laughs> out of this building and boom, there she is, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, wow. Yeah, of course, you know, like those synchronicities are there happening all the time. You know, it's just kind of what's top of mind for us, you know, so it's, again, getting clear and and constructing your perception, but also getting clear on what it is that you want, what it is that you want to see around you and experience with your, with your own mind and body, because you have no choice but to be bringing those things into your life. And again, the solid science, you know, the reticular cortex, the reticular activating system, you know, people just want to even research that. Mm -hmm. This is like a built-in radar system or like a servo mechanism like a heat seeking missile that's always scanning and looking for things that are built in in your in your consciousness you know to bring you in contact with those things yeah you know so that 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 ability is very powerful and you can use it for the not so not so great you know or if you become conscious of it it can totally transform your life yeah definitely it's certainly no coincidence what we put out would definitely get back but Sean, Sean, one of the things, a big thing I can think about as well is, so like we'll have people in our real life that influence us, but also like we'll have a frequency in terms of like, let's say the radio and the TV. And in my opinion, they're just like radiating rubbish to people. And like, actually like over the last few years, I've like completely turned me back on TV. And like, I used to think it was the norm as well. But I think when you wake up, everything on TV just it, it proper irritates you and it's completely toxic. Oops. See, I'd I'd like to still think it's only toxic though, Dan. If you only choose if you're choosing the wrong programs, like I myself used to watch a lot of TV, but now my viewing is more selective. Right. Like I hardly watch any TV, but when I do, it's programs that encourage growth within me and also inspire me. Like it's great to see visually how a human, maybe from the 15th century or something, would live. Like another example to me is like watching the Olympics on TV. Uh, it's yeah, beautiful sure. and inspiring. Like I don't class TV as the enemy. I class most of the programs as such. So TV can be a good form of like a visual educator if you let it. But there is many programs there which just promote simplistic values, gossip and other limited dumbed down programs. Like Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I both of you guys just said great valid things, you know. Um first of all just understand that, you know, um the the T V in of itself can be a huge disruptor. You know, just like get that clear. And so the for the person who's not as ready or developed, we might yeah. just want to leave it alone, you know. But then yeah, for definitely. the person who's been working on themselves and also seeing that, hey, wow, I can use this as a tool for learning and growth. It can also, of course, um, be an expansive tool as well. Um, but for me, guys, I got to share this with you. I've, you know, I was on the like, <laughs> so this was about... Uh, it's about 10 years ago now when I just yeah. kind of went cold turkey and like cut off my cable and that whole thing. Um, yeah, that's what I've done now. And so, but here's the, this is what's so interesting is that those years that went by, I was still consuming the internet, you know, yeah. and it was just more selective. Like I would put on and watch lectures from, you know, like Dr. Bruce Lipton and like 
I was so into that stuff and just yeah. But that was all my complete focus, and there there were so many like hot movies that I missed out on, you know. And so, <laughs> but eventually, and just I don't know, maybe two three months ago, I got my first TV, my first new TV since my last TV, which was this last TV is like two hundred pounds, like it's so heavy. In this TV that's twice as big, but it weighs like nothing. It's just like, what the? You know, like I missed so many generations of this whole experience. And so now I'm just, you know, I'm very at this place where everything has value, you know, and eventually um, people, this is where you land and put everything in its proper perspective. Like what is most dominant in your, in your consciousness? You know, even if you see something that's outside the norm, um, because at first I just didn't want to hear it. Like I didn't want to hear the negative news. I didn't want to hear it. Now, okay, I get it. I I see I see the problems. I see what's going on. But let me focus on the solution. You know, let me focus on what I can add to life and and society yeah. to help to uplift. You know, the the collective consciousness, if you if you will. And so yeah. even if it's you know not the best thing ever that might happen to be on the television, which again, you know. Rarely do we do this, but I'm just not I'm not in fear of it anymore, you know, because it's kind of like this fear that it's going to overtake me and, and, and imbue itself into my consciousness, which in a way it it does, you know, but I bring it to it. You know, I bring it to it. I decide whether or not what it even means to me, you know, and I take lessons from it. I even ask, like, what was it that I just saw? Um, uh, wow. Wow. What was it? <laughs> oh, it was a, and it was kind of it was disturbing. You know, I decided to click play on this show, um, Jessica Jones. Right. Oh, yeah. Another superhero show. Like I'm really into I, I love the whole superhero idea. And this show is kind of a dark show. Right. And this this guy has this power to control people's minds, which could be the most evil power in the world. And he used it for, for evil. You know, like he literally had this guy he got into a man's car and his son his his um like infant was in the back seat crying so he told him like you want to get your son out of the car don't you and he took his own son out of the car and sat him on the side of the a busy street in new york you know and it's just like what you know so it like it really disturbed me especially having kids like that they would even put that into television or that they would make that feeling because it feels so viscerally bad but then I could yeah. just ask the question like, wow, what is it that I need to learn from this situation? You know, how how can this actually be a gift in some weird way that doesn't feel good right now for my for my life? And so one of the things that comes up is, you know, finding a way to help people to be more in control of their own mind and body, you know, help people to feel better so that they're not hurting others, you know, because ultimately people hurt people hurt people. You know, so that just really, even though it's just uh, actors in a studio and, you know, and just, you know, lines, it was an opportunity for me to learn something, you know. So I hope that makes sense that everything now has become all encompassing. Dude, like even a Twinkie, you know, like I'm not the first guy in line to eat a Twinkie. You guys know this, but it has its value, even as grotesque and strange as it is. I'm all about real food that you can recognize where it comes from. There's nothing natural about a Twinkie. But if it's a zombie apocalypse, guys, I guarantee you we're all going to be crushing Twinkies and we're going to be happy about it, you know. But, you know, and that's just playing on some ideas that are going out, you know, in the world today about zombie apocalypse, whatever. I haven't seen any of those uh, movies or or shows or anything. But, you know, it's just like, hey, in a certain situation where, you know, that's the only thing that's around, it might save your life for uh, maybe a few hours or something, you know. So that's yeah. the place that I'm at now is that everything has value, no matter how strange it may be. Yeah, that was a beautiful way to put it, to be honest, Sean, absolutely beautiful. But in this podcast so far, we've like we've talked a lot about like nutrition exercise, but there's also like another aspect to creating a strong mindset that I think, and it's an area that interests a lot of people as well, and that's the spiritual aspect. And I think that ties well perfect as well into like being the best human. And I know like a lot of people now are like becoming more spiritual, but how do you approach like the area of spirituality of people, people Sean? Mm. Wow. This is for, for me, this is actually really simple. Um, yeah. because you know, this kind of unseen force that is governing everything within us, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
we can call it spirit. You know, that we, that's what we can call it. But it's so expansive and so vast and so like we can't even fathom that there's other galaxies, you know, let alone the millions that there are, you know. And so understand that this underlying energy that's that's governing all of reality, that's that's making everything that's animating everything. Um, that's just it's a given. It is what it is. We might not pay attention to it. Some of us might not believe that it exists. But, you know, with any rational human being, you can actually break down the, the obvious thing, which is, you know, what is giving you consciousness, yeah. you know, and your ability to, to see your ability to like what's in there. You know, it's mm -hmm. very it's all fascinating. And people have been um, postulating this for, you know, since the beginning of hu humanity's, you know, awareness. Yeah. Um, but so what I do is I don't even get into that stuff, man. I just. I really just imbue what I do with spirit, you know, with with compassion, with with yeah. love, with care, with um, progressiveness, um, all these qualities that I think makes up what it is, you know. And so it's kind of like sliding the, the higher level stuff in there as we're just we're talking about food, you know, we're yeah. talking about deadlifting like we were doing earlier. That's all an opportunity to grow spiritually. You know, and so that's what I do. I just mix it in, you know, instead of like, OK, class, this is our time to talk about, you know, spirituality <laughs> and, you know, what what God is or what um, uh, what the meaning of life is or whatever. You know, like we're, we're, I'm, I'm not doing that. That's just not my that's not my approach to things. It's definitely more yeah. so of I view it and view it into what I do. Yeah, I liked how you said that. I think like we all like certainly have like this capacity to change our bodies and lives. And I think it just needs like a little shift in our mind. And I think sometimes people like think it's okay, I'm just going to settle. But I think if you really open up our consciousness and think about it, and if you put like a little bit more in ourselves as well, I think we can create a ripple, ripple effect that will affect generations to come. But in this podcast, Sean, I just wanted to say like as a final like as a final message to people, like to shift their mindset and push them forward as a human being on this planet, what would you say to them? I think the the easiest way to tap into your higher faculties, your your higher self, is giving to somebody. You know, finding a way to give, finding a way to like just that. be of service in the life of it, just one person. You know, let alone many. You know, and like there's a scriptural reference that reminds me of like um, find a. It's essentially find a way to serve the many and you shall and ye shall be great. You know, find a way to serve the many and ye shall be great. You mm -hmm. know, so the more that you're serving, the greater you become. And it's just a it's a fundamental thing that we all have access to and we know what it's like and how we we're filled up when we make someone else uh when we bring happiness or or solution or uh, support to another human life. So that's what I would say. Wow. Beautiful way to put that, Sean. And um, like you said before, you're you're on your way to launching your new book now, which Dan's going to be purchasing, but I've already pre-ordered 500. <laughs> um, so can you maybe tell people what it's going to be about and where can people find you on social media? Awesome. Okay, well, the book is available nationwide, you know, at your favorite bookstore. And, of course, you can pick it up online. You should definitely do that. You know, head over to Amazon and grab Sleep Smarter, um, or of course, you can go to sleepsmarterbook.com, and I've got some really cool bonuses there as well uh, for, for buying uh, some copies of the book there. And what we're doing with this is we're really working to create a movement, you know, and it's already happening, which is so fascinating. Like, the book is already in, like, every major magazine from Muscle and Fitness to Oxygen to um, Women's Running to... Uh, Latina magazine, you know, like all these incredible magazines with like, you know, millions or hundreds of thousands of people who are uh, customers of of them. And then the major media stuff, you know, the TV stuff is just really, really exciting. So much to share with people. And people can actually check out, um, you know, the book tour, where I'm going to be, uh, the media appearances at sleepsmarterbook.com as well. And uh, most people know me from uh, my show, The Model Health Show, which very honored to say we've been number one in the country on iTunes dozens of times, which is just weird to even say that. Um, but it's called the Model Health Show, 
and people can check me out there as well. And I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, definitely. Like the pleasures that was shown, that was absolutely fantastic. Just I would like to say a big thank you for being on the podcast. Mm. Amazing. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, but anyway, Sean, may I say, like, I listen, I listen to you every day, man. You've been a big influence in my life. And I'd just like to say thank you from within. Honestly, your messages resonate with me time and time again. Dude, like, what an incredible compliment, guys. Like, please do this thing for me. I always share what you just shared. You know, like, when you have something like that, that you've experienced in another, in another person has... Yeah. Help that, like, share that with them, man. Like, because you just, you just really brought um, s- some more power to what I'm doing with you sharing that, man. And I appreciate that so much. And thank you for allowing me to be a part of you, your lives, guys. I, I truly do appreciate it. Yes, yeah, same. Thanks, brother. Thank you so much. And I just like to say, have a great day, Sean. Thank you so much for that. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, guys. You. you too. Talk soon. Thank you for taking time out to listen. Head over to Beastified.com for other previous episodes. And while you're at it, tell a friend about the podcast. Let's keep pushing forward as human beings. And together, we can improve this experience and enjoy this journey.